Welcome to the Dauntless Grace Exchange. I'm Megan. And I'm Deidre. And I just want you to know, first of all, we have no guest <laughs> this week, which is the first time in a while. We've done quite a, a long time with a lot of amazing guests. And also, this is episode 97. So we're eight. Like 98. I'm so sorry. It's 98. We are inching up really closely on 100 and we're getting excited about it. But before we jump to too much celebration, because we've got some fun stuff in store for the next two weeks, um, I just think that we need a small time kind of recapping where we've been, um, why we've had the guests we've had on over the last months. And so have at it, Megan. I think it's interesting for two people who don't really start the new year with like a year long plan for this podcast that we ended up doing something that really fit into a year long plan. Um, I don't know if that's like a a God wink or just a total accident that we fell into it. But, you know, I think we started off a lot of January and February talking about emotional health and that led us into that whole IFS series that we did in, when did we start that? March, April? spring. Mm -hmm. And we did, yeah, we had a lot of really cool guests on there, IFS and Enneagram experts, IFS therapists, and worked through a lot of that emotional health and how to kind of sit with your like as your emotions cycle through you and um, how to get curious about your emotions and all of that. And then we spent the summer talking with uh, couples either in friendship relationships or marriage relationships about relational health and how that plays out with them. Then we had some fitness experts and health experts talking about our physical health. We had a lot of people sharing their stories and talking about mental health, especially the last, I think two episodes really spent a lot of time talking about the fact that you know, it's important to focus on mental health and um, how to find the tools and resources that you need to come out of trauma and those kinds of situations. So it looks like health in general, wholeness and health has been our theme for the year. So I don't know where we're going to take it from here necessarily, because we also haven't planned out past episode 100. But what do you think? No, I think it is important. Uh, I will say you act like we don't have a plan, but we had a (laughs) sheet where we kind of had like major categories and we started putting people in. So we Okay. My Enneagram one is kind of feeling criticized. I did. I think we did have a plan. It wasn't a year long plan. Let's put it that way. We've kind of planned by series, but how all of the series fit together was kind of a happy accident. It was serendipitous, if you will. It was serendipitous. I will agree with that. That's good. (laughs) Um, We don't know what we're doing after episode 100, but we don't need to focus on that (laughs) now. I feel like the Lord always leads us. But this reminds me a little bit. we, We talk so much about wholeness and that that full integration of us as a person. And so I just think it's really important to understand just like we can't be just spiritual and not focus on our body or just body and not focus on our spirit or just emotion, you know, it's all of these things. Mm -hmm. And we are, um, while we're body, soul, and spirit, we're also in relationship with both God and with others and with ourselves. And so all of those things are important that it, I, I just feel like to leave any part out keeps the disintegration factor um, more present, more predominant. So I, I appreciate how we've kind of, it, was, it feels like we've gone a, in a full circle through a lot of different types of topics, but you're right. It all makes sense because we have to live in this earth with other people, with ourselves in relationship with God. And we need our bodies to assist us in that process. We need our souls to not be a mystery to us. We need our spirit made right. Um, so I, I think it's important. Um, I was thinking about how we, we do both choose a word of the year, right? 
Yes. Um, rather than like main goals or objectives. Um, <laughs> and I actually was reminded of a word I had for myself a few years ago. I think it was 2019, but it was shalom. And I know that sounds really churchy, but I had just heard a sermon about it, which I've always known that's a Hebrew word for peace. But the the real like, if you really get into the nitty gritty of it, it was it was wholeness. It was mm-hmm. having nothing missing, having being totally complete. And I really focus that year on um, like imagining a, um, I know I've talked about this. I'm probably saying this almost verbatim to how I've shared it, in the <laughs> past. but like if a bridge was made, you know, like an old English countryside bridge, you know, it was made of like all of these uh, cobbled together rocks or whatever. The, the strength of that bridge was only as it could only handle as much as the building blocks that made it up. And, and so I think in our lives, a lot of time we come up to these situations where we realize we don't have the integrity. And I don't just mean like being honest or something like that, but we're missing something in our foundation of who we are, whether that is physical or emotional or spiritual or relational that isn't up for the task. And so that's usually when we hit these pain points in life where we're just really overwhelmed. And that's when we notice something's crumbling underneath. And so it is important to take stock sometimes, like to, even after engineers build bridges, they have to go back and inspect them to make sure that they're staying up to code because it's really disastrous if a bridge can't hold the weight all of a sudden. Like everybody's driving over it, thinking it's okay. And then the, that car is the one that goes through, you know, it's dangerous. Well, and there's things that happen to the bridge, external factors that can weaken the structure over time that aren't the bridge's fault. But if not people aren't checking, either, right? right. Like the engineer built it structurally to work, but yeah, there's weathering that comes. There's maybe a rock, like sliding foundational stuff that affects the ground it was built on. Whatever. I don't know these things. I'm not an engineer. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm this is an example. <laughs> I think it's a great example because I was going to say like the, like, it's like a domino effect. You can't be a whole person in your mind, body, emotions and have like all of this relational, like unhealth and expect that you're being a whole person then, because honestly, if one of those facets of your life is unhealthy in some way, you're not really super healthy in the other aspects. Then it's all like a domino effect. Like they're all interconnected. Like you're saying, if one of those things is out of place, the bridge isn't going to stay up on its own. So I, I don't think we can be like, Oh no, I've got my, I am a hundred percent healthy mentally, but my emotions are all out of whack. Well, they, they work together, right. you know, or I'm hundred percent healthy in my body, but I can't figure out how to sit with my emotions and my, my thoughts are running wild. And I, you know, like everything's so interconnected. We know this too much to say, oh yeah, you can be completely whole and healthy in, you know, two of these four areas or three of these four areas. And you, and that's, that's enough. That's enough. No, because they, they're all disintegrated then. Yeah. The good news about that is when life feels like it is crumbling, it doesn't mean everything is wrong. Right. And and that can be really encouraging when you feel like you're just going under, you know, that, okay, there's just, there's probably just a piece of this huge puzzle of who I am that needs to be attended to. And then that can shore up everything else that already is where it needs to be, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, But I think that goes to, I've heard some people talk about the concept or the myth of balance, like everything should be balanced. You should, you know, rather than kind of an ebb and flow or seasonal, um, like rhythms of life that are so important. And so there are times when we have to focus more on one area or another, just because absolutely even of life demands it or the area, like you said, weathering has occurred. And so maybe, maybe I was doing great in my body and then I hurt my back. <laughs> it's happened, you know, and now I need to focus differently on my body just because of external factors, you know, and um, whatever, like 
finances. Maybe, maybe you were out of debt and everything was good and you lost a job and it extended longer than you had savings. Or I mean, there's so many things that can happen in life right. that throw a curveball. And so, yeah, you have to shift. So I don't think being rigid on being like having super balanced boundaries about everything. I think, but being aware of where the ebb and flow is. Yeah. And which things are screaming for your attention right now more than others. Mm-hmm. And what would you say? Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say, even if something is screaming for your attention, sometimes that may be urgent to attend to, but there's still other like important things to keep going. You know, like you can't just, just um, stop taking care of something for two months while there's a crisis without having, I mean, you can and you will, and you'll survive it, but there'll be some backlash. We'll have to go back and tend to, but I think having some grace yeah. for yourself that there are seasons like that, and you just have to do what you have to do sometime to get through them. But the awareness piece to not just like put a blinder on and be like, well, I'm just not going to care. <laughs> like you, you need to care. Cause at some point that's going, that part of you is going to be screaming for your attention. Right. I know we've talked about this a little bit, but I wonder what over this last year, which piece have you thought, okay, this has really um, been easier to kind of deal with because of the health and wholeness I found in this area or what what has been a challenge because I realized I'm not where I need to be. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't know I was going to ask that. And I just realized in asking that I'm probably going to have to answer it myself. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, actually the internal family systems work emotionally was so crazy cool to me and mind blowing at how accessible it is then to get to some of these parts of myself that confused me maybe before or overwhelmed me. And that actually didn't scare me at all to do that work. I found that it was easy and really filled with grace and compassion. Um, But I've also have spent two decades or more, well, actually I was like in junior high when I started doing like emotional work. So I think I have some muscle memory for that, that that just felt like another tool to make that made it even easier. It was like, um, I don't know, my brother-in-law always talks about working smarter, not harder. Like if something is heavy, you find the, um, what's the thing you put under it to like lift it? Fulcrum? Yeah. But that, that creates like a lever, um, a dolly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, a dolly does the same thing, but it's not the word leveraging some leveraging a tool to help with the weight. It makes it easier, right? You don't have to have the, the force of your own, um, muscle power to pick something up if you use a lever to kind of a lot of physics analogies going on in this episode I don't don't understand it I don't know why I'm doing that either regardless the point is it felt like it was work I'd already been doing I had some muscle memory for it and then all of a sudden it just helped me go really deep and intense but like in a good good way and that didn't scare me when we start talking a little bit more about body health I'm like that feels like painful. And the last time I used some of those muscles was two decades ago. So um, I am, you know, just honest. I know we talked a little bit about that on a couple of episodes specifically. Like it's kind of scary to take that leap because I feel like the things that comfort me are the things that don't really help my body. Um, But to take that comfort away. But does body work actually scare you? Or is it the way you think about your body that scares you? Like it's more your mind about your body. It's both because I really don't like to sweat and I don't like pain. (laughs) I helped my mom move yesterday and I have iced my back like 10 times and taken so much ibuprofen. She's 76. She's 30 years older than me. I don't even know how she's standing today. (laughs) I don't like to hurt. 
Well, I mean, does anyone like to hurt? Well, no, like my daughter and my son, they work out and they come home. They're like, oh, that burn. Look at my muscles. And they're like flexing and they're feel that burn. That's so good. I've never, ever in my life said that once. No, I get that. I, I walked a 5k last weekend and I was sore for like two and a half days afterwards, but it was like one of those, like, oh, I accomplished something. So that's why it feels good to be sore. So I guess I get that a little bit like that kind of pain doesn't bother me because it's like the pain of achieving something. It is different than like when my back is really hurting and that's like yeah. wrong for sure, but it's still not pleasant. I don't want to be sore. <laughs> okay. Well, moving on. <laughs> no, okay. You answer the question. Darn it. I knew that was going to bite me. Um, <laughs> well, I think emotion work has never scared me because I'm naturally am fairly introspective about that and understanding that I have a lot of emotions, but I think you're right in that I didn't, for a long time, I didn't know what to do with them. And the Enneagram really gave me a lot of language about being a four and what that means with my emotions and all of that to kind of dive in and start like letting them inform me without leading me. And so I think that has been a tool that's really brought up my emotional health over the past few years, but I would say the IFS work of being able to address a painful or, or good emotion right in the moment to kind of see the root of it, get some distance from it has really, really helped a lot. That's been a huge key for me in this past year, because it's not just like, okay, I'm feeling all this way. What do I do about it? It's like, okay, this hit, let's get some distance. Let's think about it. Let's diagnose it. And it's not like, I don't want to feel that because it doesn't like make the emotion go away, but it lets me be more curious about it in the moment. So it just feels like a lot, a healthier relationship to all of the feelings I feel all the time. Yeah. And even if I can't understand, like if I can't get the IFS work to show me why, or if it's attached to a memory, or even if I can't really get into it, just knowing that I can give compassion to myself and get some distance from the emotion has been revolutionary for me. Yeah. Cause just understanding kind of the idea of how it all works with more nuance, I think makes it less mm-hmm. mysterious and overwhelming. Um, but that, that distance piece is huge because we can sit in our emotions and be really overwhelmed and spiral really low, or we can be curious about them and sit with them to, you know, figure out why they're there. And that kind of separates it a little bit from it feeling like, like when I feel really emotional, I'm beating myself up. Like, what is wrong with you? Why do you feel this way? Nobody else has to deal with this. You're just whatever, you know, it's all of this because the other parts start jumping in too. Um, So when I can kind of distance it, it's like, no, okay, that's a normal response for what I just experienced. Or even if I'm not sure where it's coming from, Mm -hmm. I can understand that it's, there's nothing wrong with me that that emotion is present. And that, I don't know, anything that kind of reduces shame and guilt and the inner critic getting triggered is very helpful. You have the second part of that question to answer. Oh, great. (laughs) Well, I was sitting here trying to figure out how I'm going to say it. I would agree with you that the physical health part probably is the one that needs the most focus. But I, I feel like I'm not afraid of like soreness. I don't love to sweat. So exercise isn't necessarily my favorite. So I like the swimming in the pool, but I, I feel like it's more about how I relate to my body, which feels more of what's happening in my thought life and my, my mindfulness more than the actual physicality of it sometimes. But I'm also remembering that I'm learning about Enneagram subtypes right now. Oh, 
that's what we're doing after episode 100. We're going yes, to do we a are. series on Enneagram subtypes. Dear listener, we have already <laughs> decided what our next we had a plan. series is. We did have a plan, but I didn't type it on my spreadsheet, so I forgot. <laughs> um, but learning about Enneagram subtypes has made me realize that my blind spot in subtypes is 100% any kind of self-preservation mechanisms, including physical health. And that doesn't mean that I don't exercise, although unless I'm walking or swimming, I'm not really exercising, but it means I don't focus on any part of my physical health, whether that's calling and making myself a dentist appointment or, you know, anything like that. So probably that is a lot of the physicality of it, or maybe it is still like my mindfulness relating. I don't know how to separate those because it's how I think about those things. Like sitting at the dentist's office is, doesn't give me as much anxiety as calling the dentist and making an appointment and then dreading going to it. So I don't know. Some of it's more about the mind body connection, probably more than anything. I don't know how to separate those. You know, I can kind of, yeah, well, I don't know that there is a real clear line. That's kind of been our point this last year. It is <laughs> right. integrated. Um, but I can understand that. I think about like, I know what to do to be healthy and I know what to do to get my body in shape. And so then what happens though, like, because I don't prioritize it over the other things I prioritize in my life. Like to me, it, it's a distraction from the task I need to get done or the productivity I have imagined for that day or whatever. And look, I already had to get up and shower early to be on a meeting. So I can't go sweat now. You know, like I make all of these excuses because really my priority isn't self-preservation either. So when we get into those subtypes, that'll be interesting to see my priority or these other things. And it's clear on how I use my time because I prioritize these other things. So, um, because this is always last, then I think, well, now I can't do it the right way. Like I know what I should be doing. And that yeah. 20 minute walk doesn't feel productive enough to me for what I really need to be doing to get my body in shape. Like I need an hour of intense, whatever, you know, I need circuit training. I need like ballet bar. I need, and so I discount the little things I could be doing to make progress there because they don't feel productive enough. And kind of with my like eating too, like I'll make some good choices until eight o'clock at night. <laughs> and then my salads and greens all go to whatever, whatever. the <laughs> So, so like, then I just go, okay, no eating after dinner. Like that's it. You don't get to, you don't, Deidre, you can't be trusted with that. None of that. <laughs> oh, so, oh, it's all a mess. So yeah. Okay. Maybe we need some more IFS and mindset work to really tackle this body stuff, which I think we're going to get, uh, we, uh, have, we have our first session this Thursday night with our coaches. So this, this week, no, next week, next week. Okay, good. Um, yeah. Okay. So we're going to get off that topic for a while. And I also don't want to get too far into that self-preservation subtype because we do really want to talk about those subtypes. Um, so you can look for those in episode 101. 101 and 102 and probably 103, because there's a lot to dive into on subtypes, but where were we? Wholeness, health, integration, all the good stuff. Let's talk about the thing that we have been struggling with lately, because I have noticed in parenting my youngest child recently that he, out of all five of my kids, is more willing to call me out on my stuff than anybody (laughs) else. And I am really finding myself feeling criticized, you know, by a 15 year old. Doesn't, I shouldn't, but especially because I love him. Like he's, I mean, he's not my favorite. I can't say that, but you know, that's kind of the, has been known that that is the little thing we throw around. And I'm just like, I feel like 
I still have this really big part of me that feels indignant if it's even implied that I didn't do it right. And after all this IFS work for months, it's like that part is just, there must be many of those parts because every <laughs> time I deal with one, I tell her it's okay, sit down. Another one seems to pop its little head up with its finger up too. You so, know, I was wondering about that the other day, because I feel like that, you know, it's a lot of the same parts that pop up for me too, that I feel like I've already dealt with. I wonder if we are supposed to go back and talk to those parts to find a new memory every time. Like maybe there's another memory where we need to invite Jesus into another memory that needs to be rewritten for us. Even if it's all about that same part with that same protector, maybe they're protecting all of these different stages of who we were at one point. I can totally see that because how many memories do I, does my body have stored, even if I can't recall, of yeah. feeling the sting or shame or indignation of being called out on not doing something right? I mean, in a week's time, there could be mm -hmm. a dozen or more. You know what I mean? Like in 46 years, it's probably a lot of those. So my next question is, does this ever end? That's, that's really the question that even like my, my daughter, who's trying to do some of this, she's 20 and she's like, does this ever end? I want to be like, no, it, no. <laughs> well, we can't answer that fully right now because we just finished reading the book, the best of you by Alice, Dr. Allison cook. And she's actually going to come onto our podcast on episode 100 to celebrate with us. But we ask her that question and we talk about that. So say Hold that. Hold up. That was a big announcement. What's happening on episode 100? <laughs> Dr. Allison Cook is coming back and she's, oh, she's my favorite. She's the best. She's a certified IFS therapist. She's written, you know, best-selling books and is, you know, rubbing elbows with all of the people that we follow and love. And she's amazing. And yeah. So she's going to be talking about her new book, The Best of You. Mm -hmm. And, and one of our hundredth episode with us, you won't want to miss it. We've already recorded it. It's such a great episode. I drop it today, but I really want to save it for 100. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we ask her that we talk about when, when, when have you arrived? When are you done? So let's wait for her answer on that one. But the truth is I thought it would be by now. <laughs> <laughs> Even, oh my gosh, the other day I was thinking, I remember being like 27 years old or whatever, however old I was and sitting down with you that very first time in the teacher's lounge. Uh, when we work together and going, I need help. And you were like, okay. And you laid out this beautiful counseling model and we started working on it. And a year later, I was like, why isn't this, why did, why am I not fixed? <laughs> and you were like, well, it's a journey. And then we discovered the Enneagram and I was like, okay, this is going to be the thing that fixes it. <laughs> and then we discovered IFS and I was like, all right, we've got the final piece of the puzzle. And like, now we're set. And I'm going, what other tools are out there that we're still going to discover and learn and add on top of this and layer and go, Hey, there's still more. Well, Does that scare you? Yes. <laughs> New information is exhausting. However, you know, that very first tool, interestingly enough, when you found that you were in Enneagram 4, we started matching some of the words we had written down on that scratch piece of paper. And we we're like, whoa, look how much clarity we had. And again, that wasn't, nothing is a fix. I have like, if we take it to exercise, there's a lot of tools I know of how to make my body better. But also every day I have to employ them. <laughs> and so no matter what we do with any work, whether again, it's a spiritual discipline or, a, you know, soul work, emotional work or body work, it takes a commitment to stay engaged and present with it. Like I, I know there's just some days where I'm like, well, I just feel mad. And so I'm just going to stay mad. I don't, I don't want to do that work today. I feel like I just want to let myself feel indignant about that. And I might just slam my door, but then the next day I'm like, no, okay, Deidre, no better, do better. 
We're going to try again today. There's Grace. We, we were a little, we fell a little short yesterday. We missed the mark a little bit, but today we're going to do it again. So I guess I need to have that same grace with myself, with my body too. I can start something and not do it perfectly and keep doing it. And I guess that's really what maybe every Enneagram one needs to hear today. How would you say that message in different language? What? <laughs> well, I feel like I said that as one, like I can start something and not do it perfectly and still give myself grace to keep doing it. I have enough within me to continue on. Yeah. Would that, would that be what a four would need to hear? Like, it's okay that I haven't arrived or that I don't have all the answers because I have what's in me to move forward. Yeah. I was thinking about my daughters, like as a three, one of my daughters needs to know, like, it's okay that I take the time to do this work. It's not sending me back from where I need, mm. like I'm right where I need to be right now. I'm not behind. This isn't making me two steps late, you know, or whatever. Like it's, this is work that's worthy of doing. My daughter, that's a two probably needs to know that it's okay her, to do this work alone. Yeah. Like her finding her voice is the most important work she can do. She doesn't yeah. need to focus on how other people feel about it or what they think about her journey or what they think about where she needs to work. Like her just doing this alone is the most important work she has at her hand to do right now. All right. So we covered one, two, three, and four. Let's so we're going to have to, all I right. Well, I what does a five, how does a five need to hear like setbacks in a journey? This won't deplete you. This kind of work will fill you actually. So if it thinks, if you think there's too much of a cost emotionally or, or whatever, it, it won't deplete you. Yeah. It actually fills you back up. Yeah. Yeah. I think a six kind of needs to know that they can trust themselves too, you know, that mm -hmm. they can trust their knowing about the things that they need to look at and not be scared to be in isolation to look at them. Yeah. Like they, there's a good spirit within you that can guide you and lead you. And, and it's okay to do some of that introspective work and not be afraid of what you'll find. Like it's safe there. So probably for seven, because some of this work is just not fun at all. But I think that there's a fuller contentment that comes with it. And so if they stay on the journey to find that fuller satisfaction, that fulfillment that they've been searching for, I think they'll find more of that along the way, even if it's not always fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot better than just repressing for so long until something gets sick inside or you blow up. <laughs> mm -hmm. The eights though, are a little more of a challenge. A few of them that I've talked to, they just like, stop talking Enneagram. I don't want to hear that anymore. Whatever. I don't have an eight. It's fine. <laughs> and maybe they'd be a little more focused on the body health, the finance health, the, you know, life principles health, those kinds of disciplines. Yeah. I think it's that vulnerability piece for eights. I think they know that it's not safe to be vulnerable. And as they grow more healthy, you know, the eights, a lot of the eights we know are, are Christians. They are older. They've done a lot of healing work. Um, I think that they have decided what, where to be vulnerable and where they still can't be. And so I think for an eight, it's like, you can let your guard down everywhere in this work with yourself and with the Lord. Yeah, that's good. And for our lovely nines, I think it's the sometimes you, stuck that you can't get started. That might be the bigger problem, but also that you are worth the work. You're worth doing this work for yourself. Yeah. So if you believe you're worth it, maybe that will light the fire that you need to get unstuck. Yeah. If not, call us. We will, 
we will light you up. We will. Oh my gosh. No. Okay. That's that's, the phrase. We're really good at that. (laughs) We will encourage you that you are worth it. All right, guys. One more episode next week to start the celebration and then 100 is coming. So stay tuned. And that wraps up another episode of the Dauntless Grace Exchange. You can follow us on social media to stay connected. We are on Instagram at Dauntless Grace Ministries. Our Facebook page is Dauntless Grace. And you can join the conversation in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash team DGM. For more about the Enneagram, visit our website at dauntlessgrace.org for coaching and training opportunities. And you can follow me on Instagram at Enneagram Megan. And be sure to check out our website for more information about today's podcast at dauntlessgrace.org.